This is the Voices in Japan podcast with Ben and Burke. In this episode, we talk about Japanese mannerisms or characteristics that neither of us will probably ever be able to get used to, despite having lived here for many, many years. We talk about things around the office, like people sprinting through the office or the way that people get each other's attention, the junior and senior relationship that people establish between each other, also known as the senpai kohai relationship, and even the difficult things with bowing, which is obviously seen everywhere in Japanese culture. If you enjoy the podcast, please remember to give us a rating and review on iTunes, and please consider also donating to the show with the link in the episode description to help us cover some of our running costs. Thank you, and now on with the show. So there's snow in Sapporo right now. I'm trying to remember, like, this seems kind of, for it falling, it seems kind of early. But maybe it's just because I'm used to it getting later because it's been getting later in recent years. But Yeah, I feel like, I feel like it's coming later. Later? Yeah. Like, but I feel like there's a lot more. Like, the, the amount is more for this time of year than usual. Yeah, well, yeah. Like so the days. so the first fall, the first actual snowfall, is a little bit late, but the uh, amount is more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it actually feels like we're fully into winter now, which yeah. normally it's around kind of Christmas time, even. Like yeah, last December. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like all of a sudden too. It came, but yeah. I think next week is going to warm up a bit. So I don't know how long the uh, uh, accumulation is going to melt around. again, yeah. and then have to reset or something yeah, yeah. but uh i'm excited because i'm finally committed to buy my new yeah. board this year <laughs> did you order something uh i've have it picked out and i'm just trying to figure out because uh, i'm gonna probably send it to one of my <clears throat> uh brother or sister place in the u.s and uh, pick it up when i go back so you're not buying it from japan no because pricing is much better plus like there's some good sales coming up what did you US. what did you go for in the end uh capita brand i talked with uh, john about it he gave me some advice john from the teaching episode yes yes <laughs> living like a rock star yeah teaching yeah. hired as a teacher living like a rock star that's the one yeah so he gave me some good advice and uh based on that i was kind of searching around more for what fits my style what i might be able to use uh, so i settled on a capita board uh, and uh, the recommended bindings for the board, and then I'm gonna buy boots local so I can try them on. Yeah, but yeah, it'll be my first board I think since like 2006. First new board since like 2006. Do you have a board now? I do, and mm. the f- funny thing is, I tried to take it to the recycle shop to get some money for it, yeah. and they were like, "We don't need this." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, "You guys can just take it." They were like, "We don't need it." <laughs> they didn't take my boots or my board. I don't. I didn't think wow, it was that bad. Didn't take yeah. your boots over. Yeah, but I. Th- I mean, the board has like some grooves and problems in the bottom that would need to be fixed, probably. And I guess it is pretty nicked up, but yeah. They, but I mean, I thought it was better than like the boards they have in Second Street. You know, it's expensive. When I bought it, it was like five or six hundred dollars or something. So where, where did you take it to Second Street? Second Street. Yeah, because actually the boards there are pretty good, like are considering they? the used ones. Even like for five hundred yen, a thousand yen, like the technology of the board is quite recent. Oh, like really? I think yours 
How, how, how old is your boy? <laughs> like 2006, 2007 or something. Right. So like over 10 years, I think the, the oldest board I've seen in there is probably maybe like nine, eight or nine years. Oh, really? So I think the technology is quite different compared to your one, maybe. I guess somebody there must know a good board uh, or a bad board and judge it that way. I hope it wasn't just like they took a look at how beat up it was <laughs> and they were like, we don't need this, man. <laughs> yeah, That's cool, man. So you got to get jacket and clothes and Everything. goggles. Yeah, I threw out my jacket too. I'm, yeah. So I'm getting excited. Plus, like I think from this year, I'm going to try to take uh, daughter up on the mountain like just have her stand on the board and stuff. Nice. Used to snowboarding. Yeah. Like yeah. Feeling it and stuff. But, yeah. But yeah, so I'm excited. The snow's here. Uh, going to try and do it right this year. Get out more than once. Is that, was it once last year? Yeah. How many yeah. times did you make it up? I made about, I made about 10, which is pretty, pretty low considering my average is usually around 25. Wow. But I'm definitely slowing down. I don't know why. I think, I think last season there wasn't as many big uh big powder days which is the only time i kind of want to go out but yeah if it's a powder day I'm, I'm pretty much up there so usually like based on the snowfall you decide you're going to go the next day or do you kind of look at the forecast and go yeah look at the forecast yeah, yeah. well we'll yeah. usually look at the forecast and then have a look one last time in the morning just to check the snowfall from the night before and then if it's good then yeah i'm up there but i think yeah last year i only had sundays off so it was like one day a week i could actually go but now this year i have uh saturday and sunday so i get you know i could go two days instead of just the one yeah yeah so that's the that's the plan for me i think so on this episode we figured we were going to talk about japanese mannerisms or characteristics that you still may may not be used to or will never get used to. Mm. And uh, this is kind of an idea that I proposed just because there's some things that happened recently that reminded me of different things. But uh, should I go first? Yeah, yeah, just to get the ball rolling. I've got a I've got a list of you've got a cool, quite a list. <laughs> There's quite a few. I came up with a few. So all right, let me just uh, throw one out there. The first one is uh, the uh, hissing or like uh, inhaling through teeth when a person is like thinking. Ah, yeah, I don't have that one on my list, but uh, yeah, that is quite annoying. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily saying these things because saying can't get used to them because they're annoying, but it's just definitely different. Uh, I mean, to be honest, it is pretty annoying, but that's why I brought it you up. You mean but... the... Uh, no, 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 not, not oh. the shtauchi. Yeah, that's called okay. shtauchi when they're kind of like chiding somebody for doing something. I'm talking about like when they're thinking, they start going. Especially old people use that a lot. Yeah, I exactly. find. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like when Japanese people are talking uh, and they say something to the other person, the person takes some time to think about, like maybe when a foreign person goes, hmm, or something kind of de- debating something in their head, like how they respond to it. Japanese people go, kind of inhale through their teeth but but i mean you know that's that's actually i mean it's pretty common so you run into a lot so i I won't say like the reason i won't get used to it is because of that because i think probably even sometimes i do it i mean if you even listen to some of our episodes i may do it when i'm thinking but uh at this company i used to work at there was like this sweet sweet old lady who uh worked there and uh whenever she would like uh want to get your attention uh, she would like come up to your desk, but you wouldn't know she was there 
she kind of like sneak up a little bit like a ninja. <laughs> and, you know, she wouldn't say like something like, excuse me, like sumasen or something, you know. She would just go <laughs> behind you. So like you would just be doing your work and all of a sudden you hear the like it would like startle you, like kind of jump a little bit. Like, that was her way of getting your attention or like approaching you yeah or something yeah like everybody so like i I would kind of see her like walk up to like people sitting around me and she'd kind of put her finger on her like uh hand on her chin like she's thinking to herself and she'd go <laughs> 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 the like, hey, hey. How, so, so she was old like kind of an old lady yeah yeah she was uh probably in her uh late 50s or 60s probably in her 60s actually close to retirement but she kind of like waddled up behind the person and she was really small too but really i mean sweet really good at her job like on top of the ball but for some reason she wouldn't never say just like something or something she would just be like (laughs) (laughs) and uh but uh yeah so that was always really startling and i i was just like why did she just uh you know say because you know, a lot of other people, when they want to get your attention, they'll say, like, sumasen, or I guess this is a good time to bring up some Japanese words, but uh, just, like, words that you use when you're thinking, like, ano, you know. Mm. Uh, so, like, some people, when they walk up and they want to say something to get somebody's attention to start a conversation, they say, like, ano, and, you know, the person's like, oh, they have something to say, and then, like, all oh, this email came in or whatever, blah, 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 can you have a look at it? Right, you know? right. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't think I've really. I mean, uh, so what, what? What would you call it? The hissing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know, I don't know if I do it. Do you think I do that? I don't think. I don't think you really do it. I don't think so. Well, I don't think. I think I've caught myself doing it sometimes. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I. I notice when, especially when people use it to almost say no it's like a way of saying that they can't do something yeah you know like if you complain about an issue or a problem especially in like kind of a customer service and they they want to say no or it's difficult and they'll just be like <laughs> shut door <laughs> yeah yeah exactly bring up they bring up like that like uncomfortable pause for a little bit and you're like Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like in, yeah, especially in, in shops when you ask for, you know, you want to return something that they don't really want you to, or you're breaking some kind of rule. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't think in terms of friends or in a personal situation, someone really do it unless you're not that close to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Then it seems like a more of a indirect, polite way of saying no. Well, it's just like I you see. said, like a lot of uh, older people are like grandfathers doing it when they're talking to each other and stuff. But oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hissing. The hissing. That's what that's the first one. <laughs> 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 or like that ninja woman, but like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> scaring yeah, people yeah, and stuff. So. What do you got there? You got an extensive list. I see uh, yeah, my, mine are a bit different. Not really what kind of japanese people do but more like uh the way of thinking okay as so uh their characteristics in general okay so um being too indirect being too indirect being too indirect or having to read the air as uh you know there's a very common phrase which people don't really use anymore uh ky yeah like, kukiyomenai yeah, yeah kukiyomenai 
which means not being able to to read the air. People don't really use that anymore, right? I remember there was a trend of people saying he's KY and she's KY and people can't read the air and stuff. But I think that term KY, people don't use it so much anymore. Yeah, I haven't heard it too recently. I think like you said, it was like there was a period where it really got kind of like a boom word where people are using it a lot. And that might have been like 10, six years, it was eight years ago or something. I can't remember. Cause it was in some movies too that I remember. Uh, take on me that was a good movie but anyways uh yeah yeah so for me that characteristic is you know is very useful and expected of a lot of pretty much everyone in japan and getting used to that is very difficult so especially in work situations uh most co-workers i wouldn't say all of them but they're very indirect and they won't tell you exactly what they want or what they think and you have to kind of figure it out based on context or, um, yeah, read in between the lines. Do you- but also not just work situations, in personal situations too. Like I've always, you know, experienced situations with Japanese friends where they kind of say something and I'm not really too sure what they mean. but And I want them to be more kind of direct, but without having to tell them, uh, I have to kind of figure out myself and a lot of times I kind of get it wrong you know like how they're thinking or how they're feeling and it seems to be quite a common issue especially among Japanese people too like my Japanese friends you know sometimes they never know what their friends are thinking and actually I a lot of the time I don't know what my Japanese friends are thinking pretty much most of the time which is kind of difficult for me to know how close I am to someone or what they really feel about something yeah you know? Do you uh, do you find yourself trying to be indirect sometimes or say something indirect sometimes to fit into the culture, or do you just like no, direct no, I, I try to be as direct as I can, yeah, like that because that's one thing that I really don't think I can get used to is just being indirect because I want people to understand me and and not make a mistake, you know, not get my uh, my meaning wrong because obviously might upset someone or something but you know if i say something i think is upsetting to them i will like come out and be more direct and it's not this is not what i mean i mean this um but yeah but i I noticed some obviously not all japanese people like that like some are a bit more direct but they're uh few i think few and far between it's kind of hard to tell because to be honest like sometimes if you are not indirect and you are direct like to some Japanese people, it's almost like it can be abrasive because they're not used to talking or being told something that way. And uh, I think for us, we kind of figure like, well, at least I'm getting my point across. But I kind of wonder sometimes, like, is this like rude a little bit? Mm. Like for them, it might be like, I mean, I think most people, they're like, oh, this is a foreign person. They're not Japanese, so they don't mind it. But I think if it were a Japanese person talking that way, sometimes it would be like abrasive be like, why is this person being so abrasive? Yeah. Almost, you know, I'm, yeah. I don't know for sure because I'm not Japanese. I don't know how they take it. But the other thing you brought up that was interesting, uh, like in personal relationships too, is that way. And uh, obviously for relationships, uh, that can create problems for international relationships or marriages because, you know, you don't really know how your partner is feeling about something or what their, what their true feelings are. Or are they saying the whole story? And then after that, you may not 
you know, behave the best way to resolve a situation. And it, it kind of reminds me, because I brought this up in like one of our very first episodes at Top 3 Reasons to Live in Japan. Or, yeah, Top 3 Reasons to Live in Japan. And uh, it was a bit of a cringe moment when I go back and listen to it now, but I was kind of saying like, you know, Western women are more direct. And I think I said something like, which can be something difficult to <laughs> deal with. But I didn't mean like, you know, anybody who uh, is confrontational is uh, going to be difficult, man or woman or whatever. But, uh, yeah, Japanese women, they're just not, they don't tend to be as confrontational mm. as, uh, as Western women. And, uh, again, that can be good and bad because if they are confrontational, then you know exactly what they're feeling mm. and you feel like you can try to resolve it. But in a relationship with a Japanese woman, sometimes you won't know what they're thinking. You won't know what the problem is and then how to resolve it. But that happens in with Western women too. Not all Western women want to be kind of confrontational either. And, and guys as well. Like, actually, I don't know many Japanese guys that are very confrontational, or not confrontational, but, you know, tell me what they really think, or, as you say, like, might come across as abrasive. So I think in the culture, they tend to resist coming up with their true feelings too. But I think a common complaint from Japanese girls or my Japanese friends anyways that yeah their boyfriends are you know very inexpressive with their feelings but men generally kind of tend to be like that maybe yeah they may be know, using compared that to women yeah the Japanese men just may be using that too because you know I prefer maybe not to have to bring something up or deal with it either if yeah. I, you know. well, I don't know if you on Netflix there's this drama not drama it's like a TV show called uh Queer, queer eye for queer the straight eye. guy. Is yeah. it queer eye for the straight guy? A queer, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So they came to Japan recently. Yeah, like my new, wife's a big fan. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. Yeah, there's a new episode, and um, I was talking to my friend about it the other day, and there's a couple in it, a married couple, and they've been married for five years, but they've been a sexless married couple for three years. <laughs> so that's why these guys are going in there to help them, you know, become more attracted to each other. And by the end of the episode, um, basically what happened was the guy became more open with his feelings. So that was the issue the whole time. Like his wife didn't know how he felt about her. So then through the episode, he was like just basically saying what he really felt, you know, how much he loved her, how much he valued her. But he never said those things during their whole marriage, which is why... They were a sexist couple. Kind of burnt out. The flame burnt out. Because... Well, it, it wasn't that. He just he just didn't express how he felt, and she never knew how he felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he never like said anything kind of loving towards her, even though they they did love each other. Yeah, but and then he said once, or the wife said once, he started expressing how he felt. He felt a lot better. She was happier, and then pretty sure they weren't sexist anymore by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess like when you don't have communication in a marriage, it can be a, or it can obviously be a bad thing. But in Japan, because that's actually part of the culture too, maybe they have a lot more of that problem. Yeah, just in and, and and my friend uh, who's Japanese was actually saying that their situation is quite common in Japan. Oh really? Yeah, they weren't a, like a unique situation. Like not not just married, but couples in general. So a lot of sexist couples out there in Japan. More communication. Maybe that'll mm-hmm. lead that maybe that'll help the population problem a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, having to read the air. Yeah. Yeah. Actually yeah, actually I can't get used to that. Yeah, this helps transition a little bit to the next one I was gonna talk about because 
I have seen people be very confrontational, Japanese people, but it's usually just been at the uh, at the office and uh, and uh, during arguments and stuff. But the next thing I want to bring up is again another office thing, which is uh, running. <clears throat> running. Yeah, like uh, like jogging. Uh, no, like uh, uh, especially for like the president or, of the company or the most important person in the company. Uh, whenever that person is around and, and somebody is trying to do something for them or they're in a meeting with them and they've got to go get something from their desk or like they get called into the room to see the president or something, the people will get up and sprint <laughs> <laughs> like from their desk to the location or if they were in the meeting room, they'll like, you'll just see them come charging around the corner, like running back to their desk and they're running back to the meeting room. And this has happened in most of the Japanese companies I've worked at. Is, it, is this only when the president is around or a yeah. high ranking official? Yeah, something? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, this, this goes from everybody from like the young in guys that are fit, the young guys or young women that are fit all the way up to like the OG son, like 56 year olds. You didn't even know they could still run. Maybe they shouldn't be running, <laughs> but man, just seeing them like booking across like the office, I'm just like, is that is that necessary? <laughs> and you're about to take somebody out, and like, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't fit. They're like wearing a suit and tie, and they're kind of older. But I mean, it's all part of this like culture of, you know, showing that uh, this is so important of a, of a matter for the president or the CEO, or whatever, that they've got to they've got to take care of it. You know, it's like ASAP. showing face. Exactly. <laughs> but, but not even that, because like the door is closed. They're not even in front of the president in, anymore. But I think it's maybe showing face to everybody else in there that, you know, like I'm, I'm taking this seriously. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm taking this uh, task of going back to my desk and getting this paper seriously. Right, man. Everyone has to see it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's good. You know, it helps everyone get into the Olympic spirit, you know, <laughs> the sports coming up and everything. But, but. but that's, uh, I, yeah, when, when you say that, um, it kind of happens in schools as well. Does it? Like when I was in school, is always like no running in the corridor. Yeah. That was like a big rule. Yeah, when you like for you growing up. Yeah, in like, yeah same here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. in Japan, no, they don't have that rule. Yeah. <laughs> so you see students. I think in similar situations like that, like if there's a problem or they have to do something that's really important, they will sprint down the hallway. And the amount of times I've had to stop students say, "Look, don't run in the hallway." But then I've seen teachers do it too. So yeah, the yeah, teachers so, are running yeah, too. Like yeah. literally, like you said, sprint in full pelt. Like there was one time where there was a presentation going on in the hall, in the assembly hall. And, you know, I, I give them that the they had some kind of malfunction with the electronics and they had to get the IT guy to come. And, yeah, it was a problem. But one of the teachers, she just took it on herself to go find this guy who was in the computer room. And she just sprinted down the corridor. And I've never seen a teacher like run really but she was like going full pedal as well and she had that look on her face you know like in the movies where they just like tom cruise start running down the corridor and i was like man if she fell over she is gonna hurt herself really bad and it's like okay you know you could just walk really fast or something you don't yeah. have to sprint yeah you know and everyone no one's gonna blame you for for not sprinting well, at least she's wearing in school. They wear their uh, their uh, running shoes, right. anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Better than her running like heels. Tennis or shoes, right? They wear the tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah. But she was actually wearing uh, kind of smartish shoes. Okay. So 
not big hills, but they were there were hills. <laughs> but but that's the thing, man. They want to show like uh, you know, it's a, I don't even know if they want to show. I think it's just part of their mentality. Like this is how this needs to be handled, you know. Um, but that's one thing that happens in the office, and this one kind of goes hand in hand with that. Is like uh, kneeling, kneeling at a person's desk. I don't, I don't remember if this happens in schools or not. But like, if a junior person is talking to a senior person, they'll like go up to their desk, and sometimes they'll like kneel or squat super low, like next to the person they're talking to, like almost get into like a golden retriever position or something. You know? <laughs> oh, you mean like the person they're talking to is still sitting down? Yeah, and so, so they like, kneel down to get to their eye level kind of thing but no they're below the eye level they're like so they're not like on hands and knees but they'll like have their hands on the desk i know what you're talking about but they're yeah. like down in the shagamu like not quite shagamu but kind of like that like squatting down so they're still they're they're basically at like chest or waist level with the person or they're basically at the eye level with the desk so they're trying to like lower themselves um in terms of like position yeah not not physical position but, yeah uh, well yeah position in the conversation yeah, yeah exactly yeah and uh you know this doesn't happen all the time but it does happen sometimes and i'm seeing like big tough guy tough looking guys do it sometimes even and uh yeah it's just like another thing that happens around the office i see this. i mean i don't know do people do that back at home do they kind of mm. like kneel down and talk with i mean it's usually they'll come like maybe sit on the de- person's desk or something, which is also a huge no-no in general, like <laughs> yeah, sitting yeah. on the desk yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But the, the one you're talking about is, is, is more of like a sign of respect. Yeah, yeah, it? exactly. So yeah. I, I do remember a couple of guys doing it to me before. Ne- it was never really women doing it, and it was always a little bit older guys too. They were kind of older, like in their 50s or something. And yeah, and they would kind of whisper or like speak real kind of quietly, you know, like they're really, you know, it felt like that they were thinking that they were disturbing me, whatever I was doing, you know, so they were kind of like whispering, oh, and then like saying, soon my saying a lot, you know, and kind of get lower, like you're saying, like on a squat. And I'm like, you, you don't have to do that. You know, yeah, just, yeah. just stand up and speak to me normally. It's okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if like, should I start petting their head or something? Because <laughs> it looks, a little, it always reminds me a little bit of a, of a golden retriever. But, but anyway, so yeah, those are uh, two more things that I would see in different companies that I worked at. They're just like, I don't know if this is like something that happens in the U S or not, but I'm pretty sure no, especially like the sprinting. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, yeah, a bit big no, no in, in England to, to run in corridors, you yeah. know, just because of health and safety. And if it, I don't, I'm, guessing in america if someone fell they they'd sue yeah exactly yeah right, like, <laughs> doesn't happen in england but yeah i know america they they like suing don't they? Yeah. <laughs> but, but that leads on to yeah to my one actually is the the whole kohai senpai oh. uh, mentality in japan yeah kohai means subordinate right senpai senior so that's very big in japan and that's something I could definitely not get used to. Like you see it in all walks of life, right? Even professional, personal, among friends. And there's a there's a couple of our friends that I noticed that they use when they talk to each other. Even though, yeah, I guess the age difference is maybe like five or six years or something. But in terms of work level, they're the same level at work. But the younger person always talks to the older person in, you know, 
Kegel, polite Japanese, and the other one doesn't use Kegel. And I, and I always thought it was quite strange. Like even when we all hang out in a social situation, it's still still the same. And I remember I remember asking him. I was like, "What? Why are you talking to her like that? Why are you not speaking at the same level?" Because when we're around socially, we're all at the same level. So it's, so I'm always like saying that you don't have to talk to her like that anymore. But she's saying that she's just got so used to it through like ever since they've known each other, they've spoke to each other like that, even though she doesn't really see her so much as being a, a higher level. Oh, really? Do you know what I mean? But she, and she doesn't feel like uncomfortable when she gets treated like that as yeah. well. Like she actually sees her as the same level. Like, you know, they're friends. They're like really good friends. But she still talks that way. Yeah. Yeah. Still. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's something that starts really young, like in schools, obviously, uh, sports teams in schools, or just like the older students in schools. I think they kind of like, that might be like kind of one thing that two people, when they meet each other, not like strangers on the street, but they try to like establish okay, who's a senpai, who's a kohai? Yeah, like straight away pretty much, right? So yeah. it's not um, uncommon to ask for someone's age when you first meet them. Yeah, and it's uh, it helps them to know kind of like oh, how how they should be communicating with each other, just like you say and stuff. And, uh, I mean, it happens at like our jiu-jitsu dojo, just like, and some, you know, not necessarily even related to age, but just who uh, has been a member of the, of the gym longer and stuff, then they'll call that person their senpai. And... Uh, uh, in uh, sports, that's a, kind of the strange thing that about high school sports. Uh, I think we may have talked about it before, but like uh, it's kind of like the senpai's job to train the kohai, the younger guys, and so there aren't there aren't necessarily like coaches around all the time. But it's more based on the senpai kohai relationship. Like, how do they improve? They learn everything from the older uh, sportsmen who have the knowledge and stuff. Obviously, that relationship is big in work, the senpai kohai. But yeah, just like, uh, or if uh, two people, when they're talking and they're strangers, but they'll find out they have some connection, and then like they'll say, oh, you're my senpai, or something. Mm. Or if they find out like they graduated from the same uh, university, like, oh, when did you uh, graduate? And then they'll say the year. And then they're like, oh, this person's my senpai, and they have to like start talking with yeah. them differently and everything. Do so. you, do you, revert to senpai kohai like at, at the dojo for example with any at the dojo no i don't at all uh, especially there just because uh i mean being on sports teams growing up like obviously it's bigger if uh you know somebody has a lot of experience and stuff you got to treat them with respect but it kind of came down to just skill level usually yeah yeah well, that, well that's that's one point i want to bring up is they don't take that into account like skill level uh, your ability so for example in a company if you come in new you're going to start off at the bottom no matter what even if you're very productive you're really smart and they won't really promote you based on your skills like you have to put the time in and build your way up slowly like everyone else which i think yeah i don't really agree with you know like having to like if you're exceptional why can't you come you know, be promoted higher than someone else, even if they're older. Right. And they should, you know, treat you based on your skill rather than your age. You know what I mean? And I think that would definitely slow down productivity in a company. Oh, for sure. And, uh, yeah, the, uh, just like you said, if somebody's like a mid career hire, that's something that uh, a lot of other people look at to evaluate this person. 
you know, how well do they understand the senpai kohai relationship? How well do they interact in meetings with uh, people who are the senpai? Do they understand how well they, you know, uh, to maintain that relationship between the person? Because if a person can't do that, then they'll be, even if they are very, very productive, that'll be like a huge, huge uh, demerit against them if they can't like maintain that uh, relationship of the senior per- who's the senior person who's a junior person wow. do you yeah. do you have to maintain that uh, work i'm supposed to uh, <laughs> and and to be honest i i try my best usually but uh it, it, i think it's a little bit one of those things where i uh i use the the foreigner card yeah yeah because uh i mean the way that i talk to some of the older uh you know the most senior people in the company uh, other people just would not talk that way because it would be very rude in Japanese culture. But I think, uh, I mean, I do sometimes I try to use very, very polite Japanese keigo and everything. Uh, but then sometimes I just talk regularly with them and I kind of realize like, oh, maybe this isn't the best, but mm. yeah. So in, in work, you normally try to, you keep it in mind, like who you're talking to and you adjust your japanese level yeah i do but a lot of times i'll end up just talking in uh casual i mean everyone talks in casual japanese too when they get to know each other pretty well but Mm. uh but yeah for the most part i keep it in mind but yeah i'm not definitely maintaining it as much as i uh, would be expected to if i were full japanese yeah because i I don't i really don't like it when younger people kind of talk up to me do you know like, oh, really? yeah if they're young and they're using like really polite japanese like it happens at, at the dojo maybe not because of age uh it's probably because of maybe i've been there longer or whatever but definitely the younger guys you know in their 20s they always use really polite japanese with me and it kind of makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable yeah you know because i know i'm older and i'm senior but i still see them as a the same level as me yeah and i i, I never use I pretty much never use polite Japanese with friends, you know, uh, people I train with. So at the dojo, I never use it. But some people do use it with me, though. Like everyone else always uses just casual Japanese. But the younger guys, the newer guys coming in, they always use polite Japanese. And I keep, I guess a couple of times I told them like, oh, you don't have to. But they still carry on doing it and... Yeah, I don't. I don't bother telling them to to stop using it now. But I guess they probably feel more comfortable using it. I um, guess, but just like you say, in that situation, you kind of feel like you want to <clears throat> get to know somebody very quickly because they're going to be your training partner as a foreigner, at least. And so you kind of like want to, you know, be able to say, "Hey, what's up? What's going on?" Stuff. You want to kind of use that equivalent in Japanese. But when they start using that, then you kind of feel like, "Oh, I'm supposed to also act more polite myself." Yeah, or something too, and, and it almost acts as a barrier. To, to becoming closer yeah so that's one thing yeah I don't, I don't really like it creates that invisible barrier like yeah okay you think I'm better than you or quote unquote and you know you can't really be close to someone who thinks themselves as a lower lower than yourself yeah yeah uh, well do you got one more you want to mention actually because you got a quite a big list uh, oh yeah I have so one, but if you want to go ahead yeah, yeah. Uh, one is uh time wasting time wasting time wasting time wasting i think which situation i think like? just in general uh, may, maybe more to do with work situations the the japanese are very good with wasting time 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, we talk a lot, a little bit about this in Slave to the Salaryman Life episode. Mm. Um, but, you know, stuff like meetings, pointless meetings, obviously people working late over time unnecessarily, uh, pointless long greetings. You know, I think we mentioned it in that episode too. So, yeah, I mean, they're very good at time-wasting and being in those meetings where you have to just be there even though they don't really need you there. Yeah, that that really an- annoys me. Have you, did you, have you read recently, it's been in the news, actually might have come out a little while ago, but <clears throat> Microsoft Japan did the four-hour work week experiments no. uh, during the summer month, I think it was August or something, where they uh, switched it to, f- or no, sorry, not four-hour work week, four-day work week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was four-day, four, and uh, and it, it, like, boosted productivity by, like, some insane amount or something. I can't remember exactly, like, 70%. It might not have been 70%. I don't want to misquote it, but, but yeah. Um, and, uh, and the other thing that they did was they basically eliminated as much as they could any meetings and uh they i think they set a time limit on meetings like uh the amount of time that a meeting could run and yeah uh they said it like boosts productivity like crazy and uh so it's been getting a lot of uh uh attention in japan because you know there's been all these things about work style reforms in japan to try to increase productivity but when i saw that and i was like you know i obviously wanted to th- think about how it would apply in my own company as well but the biggest thing was just these meetings because i don't really remember i mean I, i've heard like meetings can be very wasteful in american companies as well but usually you should have a meeting by preparing an advance everything that needs to be taken care of. And the only thing you get together to do is to kind of uh, make a decision about what needs to be made a decision. But even if possible, you provide the materials to the uh, attendees to the meeting in advance so they can look at it. A lot of people won't look at it, but so they can do their like pre-study and then you have the meeting just to make the, the decision. But a lot of times meetings will be like starting from zero, getting everybody familiar with what the situation is, and if you're already familiar with the situation, like I gotta sit here and listen to like thirty minutes of background before we're gonna get to like the the meat of what what's being discussed. But but yeah, it kind of reminded me about that, like because you were mentioning the time wasting and these meetings and stuff. And so this experiment that happened in Microsoft Japan, if it can pick up, you know, more steam and maybe uh, get other companies to think about how they conduct things. Hopefully, those meetings will be improved. Nice, everything. that's good. So. Yeah. Bit of bit of forward thinking, and obviously, well, Microsoft is an American company. It is, so, but at least it was like Microsoft in Japan. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, a, a Japanese company will take that on and then uh, make some big changes. Yeah, yeah so sc- schools are exactly the same. They just have a lot of pointless meetings, and it's pretty frustrating for you. When you're yeah, that, yeah. Because right? I could have be... you ever said anything? No, well, only to my coworkers, uh, my my other foreign coworkers, but I've never said it to like any of the Japanese staff. I'm probably sure they're thinking the same thing. I'm sure they are. Yeah, but yeah, no, no one really says anything because I guess it's so embedded in kind of Japanese society that people just put up with it, and there's almost nothing we can do. I mean, unless there's a there's a union. And then you all decide to go against it, but I, I've never heard of anything like that happening before. Yeah, yeah. yeah unless there's know. a principal 
that decides to do something. But yeah, maybe someone should speak to the principal, but I don't know how that well would that I, mean, I, I, I think he would probably feel like he was doing Japanese culture a disservice to get rid of meetings. He may think like, we can't do that. We can't get rid of meetings. So you think you shouldn't approach the vice principal? <laughs> well, I think you could. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> I don't think a Japanese person should. I don't know, man. Try that. Or he might be like, oh, okay, uh, Ben, your contract's finished. When? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, this guy, this guy doesn't get the Japanese way. Yeah. He's a new teacher. <laughs> yeah. We got time for one more? Yeah, yeah, we got time for one more. All right. Well, this one's uh, actually, it's, uh, you would think it's uh, something you get used to, but, uh, because it's obviously like everywhere in Japan, but I was going to mention bowing. Bowing. For me, like, I mean, obviously, like, I know when to bow, I know how to bow, I know how to properly bow and everything, but sometimes I'm not sure if, like, I just, like, look a little bit like a foreigner trying to be too Japanese, because, for example... At a uh, at a company, when you have somebody come in who will be working with the company for a short while, like a week or something, and they're introducing themselves, obviously when they give their first, like, you know, hello, my name is, uh, nice to meet you, uh, the, everyone will, he'll bow and then everybody will, uh, he'll say his name and he'll bow and everybody will bow back. But then sometimes afterwards, like at the end of the speech, uh, you know, he'll say like, which is a very set phrase uh, in Japanese, I'll say like, oh, you know, I don't know very much. So it's going to be a little bit of time for me to get used to things. And then I'll close with, you know, you know, and, uh, and some people, not every, and I'll bow because the person bows when they say it, and then I'll bow. And then sometimes I realize like everybody, everybody else was bowing. So I'm like, Oh, were we not supposed to bow at that point? You know, because <laughs> some other times I like bow very properly, but I don't know if it's always just because like people are like too lazy or can't be bothered to bow like a second time. So some basically my point is sometimes people will bow very often during an introduction, and sometimes they won't bow. You know that often they won't bow at all the points where everyone does. I think should bow. So is there like a like when you started your company, was, was there like a rule book on how to bow? Uh, or was there like an induction training or anything like that? There is for most people. But since I was a mid-career hire, and this isn't just this company, but all the Japanese companies obviously I've worked at, I didn't go in straight out of university. So I was a mid-career hire. And uh, there, I think for there is usually orientation period like that where they teach about the culture of the company uh, for most people. But... Uh, I've never had one of those. I don't know if it's because I was mid-career hire or because I was like foreigner and they're like, this would just be a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> but I did buy like a Japanese manners book, you know, business manner book. And, uh, but I was just like, man, this is talking about like way too much detail. I'm not going to read through this, but yeah. Yeah. Baron for me, um, I don't know, maybe now I kind of do it automatically. Like I think I'm so used to it, but I don't bow. I never bow deep. You know, it's always, a. Uh, very shallow bow more more of like a almost a nodding nodding of the head but a little bit deeper than that have you ever i mean have you ever or do you ever do like a very proper slide hands down the thigh never uh, never yeah yeah i I don't straight back i don't really know how to bow properly like i've never really been told or taught how to bow properly so normally it's like if i meet someone for the first time like in a work situation especially I usually, yeah, shake their hand and then bow. So shake their hand and do a shallow bow. And they always kind of, they're always a bit taken aback by the, the handshake for a start. Yeah, so they kind of, makes it gives them a smile, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I think 
being foreign, they kind of tend to expect a handshake more. And yeah, I think I think some of them like it because they're not used to it and it's something new for them. And I remember like when I would go to a school for the first time and meet some students, especially like elementary kids, and they would be really excited when I'd stick my hand out to shake their hand and they'd like just look at it like for a while <laughs> not realizing what's going on and they'd, they'd like shake my hand but they wouldn't really know how to do it but they'd have this kind of like big grin on their face like wow this is this is really unique <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i've had uh people when they meet me for the first time they've like thrown their hand out like older <laughs> yeah. men because they want to like have that experience of shaking someone's hand yeah. but then like the handshake itself was a little awkward like uh <laughs> Like, uh, it'll be like a limp handshake or like they'll keep all their fingers together and just kind of wrap around your hand or something, or like they won't know how to, when to stop and then neither will you. And then you kind of want to, you want them to keep having the experience that they're looking forward to. So you'll shake even longer than you normally do. So yeah, I've had a lot of those awkward handshakes before with Japanese people. But that, that awkward bowing. Uh, yeah, not so much, but more like sometimes I'll bow too many times, <laughs> like depending on how long the, the introduction is, like especially if it's uh, if it's like a, a goodbye, like leaving a company or leaving a school. And I remember, you know, saying goodbye to the, the principal and he's just, he's just, you know, just being so nice and he's just like saying thank you so many times. But each time he says thank you, he's bowing and I'm bowing as well, but he bows. So we're having like... Almost like a headbutt competition, but we're not hitting each other. <laughs> well, the some people say that they're like, uh, you're never supposed to not be the last person to bow. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be the last person who does bow. So, like, some people have like a bow. I, I, you see, like these little comedy sketches about it, where even people are like walking away down the street, still <laughs> bowing to each other and stuff. Yeah, I guess, I guess, like every time I in that situation, it does feel like, yeah, I don't want to be the first one to stop bowing yeah just like instinctive so yeah even when i'm kind of backing out out the door i'm still <laughs> bowing yeah. he's bowing as well as i'm backing out but you're wondering like should i turn to face him and still bow or can i just like kind of bow <laughs> as i'm walking out yeah. right and you don't want to like turn your back on them so you just <laughs> keep bowing until you're out of his walking. line of vision <laughs> yeah do you well, what about when you give like speeches and stuff like farewell speeches like at a school or something you have to obviously do like a proper bow at the very beginning like yes uh, so yeah. do you have like at least a do you have like a proper bow that you fall back on right yeah yeah and yeah so for like a welcome speech or a farewell speech i definitely bow a bit longer so probably about at a 45 degree angle i go for and then bow for like two or three seconds or at least until you know the applause is kind of dying down <laughs> you're just like still hanging down there uh yeah i mean like at my wedding i had to, we had to do a couple like proper at least three seconds that's the thing you're supposed to like hold three seconds and then come back right up. yeah yeah the couples right yeah. yeah and uh and then also i have like a bowing technique that i kind of learned from this guy at this high school i used to teach at he was like the head of the judo club and he had this really cool way of bowing so I kind of picked that up from him. I stole it from him. But like as he uh, starts to like kind of lean forward into his bow, like he'll start with his hands like slightly off his thighs. And as he leans forward into his bow, he'll like bring his hands to his thighs. So it's kind of like this closing, everything closing bow, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I'm going to steal that from that guy. So like the next time, uh, the next school I was at, 
and I bowed that way. And some other ja- Japanese male Japanese teacher came up to me. and was like, "You have a really nice bow." <laughs> <laughs> so I've I've uh, kind of stuck with that one for really formal situations and stuff. Like oh, only for speeches, not when I'm meeting people, because it seems kind of strange. Like, like uh, did you did you do that at your wedding when you and, you and your wife had to bow? No, no, I didn't use the wedding. That, that's only for a, a solitary bow when I'm by <laughs> myself. But we did have to do the. Uh, three second proper bow and it's funny like if you go back and watch the video uh when we came in i actually didn't do three seconds and i kind of felt like i messed up but oh you mean like at the door when you guys are coming in yeah 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 and then when we get to our table we had to do it again but it's funny because the guy who was like kind of guiding us through everything was like telling us like okay come back up <laughs> like, <laughs> i was like man we can do this by ourselves <laughs> you don't need to tell us but i did kind of mess up that other one so but it's supposed to be about three seconds yeah like you, you you go down two three <laughs> and come back up yeah so awesome anyways. bowing yeah i kind of i kind of like i kind of like the, the bowing culture it amuses me sometimes maybe it's about time to wrap up we are yeah um i wanted to uh I wanted to, if we're wrapping up, I, I did want to mention something, but go ahead. What were you no, say? no, I was about to say, uh, maybe we should mention a review. You were saying we, we got a review recently. Yeah, yeah. Somebody uh, in the U.S. Uh, gave us a really nice review. Uh, it's kind of interesting because you can't, like you were, I think you pointed out a long time ago, but you can't always see uh, the reviews from other countries if you're not in that Apple account. Oh, on, on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. But uh, for this one, uh, I was able to see it. But yes, this person is in the United States. Username is Hurricane1123. And this was in uh, Apple Podcasts. Cool name. This person says, I love that there's finally a podcast catered specifically to Sapporo and Hokkaido. There's too many podcasts about Tokyo, Kyoto, Kyoto, Osaka. So to finally listen to a podcast about the best prefecture in Japan is a breath of fresh air. Not to mention the actual fresh air from the beautiful Hokkaido nature. Thanks for the insight on this wonderful part of Japan, gentlemen. Looking forward to future episodes. Arigatou gozaimasu in uh, Hiragana. So it sounds like somebody who has been to Hokkaido before. Nice. So from America. I guess they're living in America now. Yeah, actually, I don't know if they are in America or they could still be in Hokkaido. I don't know. Mm. But they... Uh, marked it as united states of america that's awesome man that's yeah. a good review Who, who's it from hurricane hurricane thanks hurricane yeah hurricane one one two three thank yeah. you so much yeah and uh there is obviously a lot of beautiful nature up here in hokkaido that's a lot, reason a lot of people come to visit from other parts of japan or uh, even other parts of asia and everything so if you have people have a chance man please come enjoy hokkaido yeah and especially for the winter time it's just kicking off now my cousins come in uh december so hopefully there'll be enough snow for him to, to get some riding in. Yeah, I've got a couple people coming from the U.S. in January. And then I got some buddies in Asia who come like a few times each season. So, yeah, again, I'm looking forward to the snow and everything. Yeah, so. me too, man. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a good discussion on some Japanese mannerisms and characteristics that still uh, cannot get used to or will never be able to get used to. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.